you quit drinking and suddenly it feels like there's so much free time and you're bored. Days drag on and on. You start feeling bitter because life doesn't feel as fun as it used to. And you don't know what to do with all the time you suddenly have on your hands. This is a really common part of sobriety, especially early sobriety, even later on sometimes. Boredom sets in and we've got a great episode packed full of ideas to help you turn the boredom into something healthy and productive. Welcome to Through the Glass Recovery Podcast, where we believe that connection is the opposite of addiction, vulnerability is the antidote to shame, and that recovery isn't just rewarding, but it's also a lot of fun. We're your hosts, Julie and Steve. Listen as we get together with friends to shed light on the hard things, talk about the other side of addiction, and how we create a life so full there's no space left for alcohol. Don't forget to mark your calendar for our free Zoom meetings on Monday nights. If you want a reminder, sign up for the newsletter on our website. You'll also get a sneak peek at the topic each week. Nothing cures boredom like connecting with other people who are on the same journey as you. So welcome, everybody, to, to episode 70, which is kind of cool. And it's really cool to meet everybody. Steve and I are actually recording from Texas right now. We are here visiting someone we met in recovery. It's been amazing. So a little bit of a, a funky setup, but but that's okay. We are making it happen. We are here today with Jason, Adriana, and Gina. So excited about this group of people. We've never met any of you guys and done a podcast with you, so really excited to hear what it is you have to share with us today. We are going to do our introductions, as we always do, and I'm going to start with Jason. Thanks, Julie. Thanks, Steve. I appreciate you guys having us all on. I'm excited to Join your podcast, uh, Jason Williams. I'm with uh, Sober Gangster, founder of Sober Gangster. Sober Gangster is just all about recovering out loud and, you know, sharing the message that there is a way out and a way to freedom. So, uh, my recovery date's October 12th of 1996. So I just celebrated 27 years. Awesome. Very cool. That's amazing. Thank you. Cool. Yeah, and just so all of our listeners know, we will leave links and all kinds of stuff so you guys can get in touch with these people after this podcast comes out and follow it and find out what they're doing in their worlds. Um, next, I'm going to go with Gina. Hi, guys. I'm Gina. Thank you both for having me on the podcast. I'm super stoked to be here, and I go by the Modern Day Monk. I'm a vibe influencer and a recovery rapper, so... I've played a lot of, uh, this year I played the recovery rally in Delta, Grand Junction, and Denver. I make rap music that is really, really based around recovery and healing and, and all sorts of different aspects of that. I also make content that that goes along with the things that I'm learning within my life and to be able to just share the wisdom for other people to level up too. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, amongst many, many other things, I have been sober for four years. I just celebrated four years, 11-24, 19 is my sober date, but just four years, like a couple of weeks ago. Right on. Congratulations. Thank you. It's been a crazy ride, and uh, but I, 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 love, I love the recovery journey. So thanks for having me on. Really cool. Thanks for being here. Someday we're going to have to get together and like have a cup of coffee or something. Gina actually lives... Just about an hour away from me, I 
think I found the, my local recovery community the day before the Grand Junction recovery rally. And I was like, who is this? We have like a recovery rapper in our town and I didn't even know it. So I am super excited to get to meet you sometime. Yeah. And then last but not least, we have Adriana. Hello. Thanks so much for having me. I just saw that you guys hit 1K on your Facebook. So yes. It's actually kind of funny because we hit 1K on Facebook and today is a thousand days for me. Oh, wow. Wow, that's cool. There's no coincidences, right? There's no, there there isn't. Yeah, (laughs) it's pretty awesome, pretty wild. Yeah, so congratulations. My name's Adriana. I created the group and page Dear Recovery on Facebook. I have a website um, that also sells clothing. I wanted to share the message of hope. I always say like our clothing almost is like a, a billboard for for people to see, right? So um, why not try to spread the message that way? I just celebrated six years. My clean date is actually November twentieth, so we're four days away, two thousand seventeen. So I just celebrated six years, and it's been one heck of a journey, man. So excited to be here. Right on, amazing. Yeah, yeah. really excited to have you. Excited to have all three of you. So I think something that a lot of us struggle with at some point or another after we get sober is how to deal with all of the extra time on our hands. Boredom has a way of setting in and that voice in our head sees it as an opportunity to get us to go back or drink to drinking or using. So how do you cope with boredom now? What do you do with all the extra time that you have on your hands? Feel free to share what it was like early on, too, and how you've learned to deal with it. Anybody's welcome to start, and we'll just go from there. Fire away. Do we all raise our hands, Heather? <laughs> Teacher, call on me. Uh, I, I love the topic. I think it's a great topic. This is Jason speaking. And, you know, I've been sober for a long time, and I struggle with boredom still. I am bored to death where I live. I'm, I live in a beautiful city. I live in paradise I, I live in sun valley idaho it's a small ski town it gets so boring where i live like as soon as winter hits as soon as you know the cold weather the isolation kind of creeps in i've been experiencing boredom just in the last few weeks like going stir crazy my kids are all getting older my wife's out of town she's in florida right now taking care of her dad and so i've been kind of solo here in idaho and all my my two kids that are still in the home are 16 and 17. So that means I never see them. You know, they don't really need much of me. And so I've found myself just twiddling my thumbs, staring at a wall, like really stir crazy. And whenever I get that like anxiety or that feeling of loneliness or for me, loneliness and boredom kind of go hand in hand. Um, When I get lonely, when I feel disconnected from my community, you know, I, I, the things that I learned when I first got sober are still the things that I apply to my life today. And so I get back into, you know, attending whatever 12 step fellowship I'm a part of or reaching out to the community that I'm involved in. You know, I've found myself going to more meetings lately than I have in the past, uh, just because I've needed to be connected. I needed to be around other people, um, doing things like this, just connecting in this way, uh, reaching out to my recovery community online. I stepped out of my comfort zone and signed up for, Something I've talked about for the last two years, I wanted to learn some sort of form of martial arts, but I talked a lot about it. Like I I kept saying how I was going to do this, but I kept finding excuses not to, because it's 
I'm comfortable. I'm a beginner. I don't want to look like an idiot. And so like two weeks ago, I signed up for jujitsu for the first time and trying to build a new community and keep myself busy. And so, you know, those are some of the things like I've experienced even just recently, but it's so funny how the things that I learned when I first got sober 27 years ago are still the things that I apply to my life today. When loneliness, boredom, you know, when that alcoholic brain really starts taking off for me, I lean really heavily into what I was taught when I first got here. And that's to just jump back into the herd and be a part of and get surrounded by that community. Yeah, I, I love that. I, I love everything that you just said, man. I can really relate to all that. Boredom, like it was such a hard thing to deal with for me in the first year. The first year, there was so much empty space when I took away all the chaos and all the craziness and all the things that I was doing. There was so much empty space and it took me a while to get used to that that empty space. And I, and I filled it with lots of 12-step meetings, things like that as well. Um, just getting really, really, really like in the middle of the herd, you know. When I first got into recovery, I've been rapping for a really long time. But when I first got into recovery, I had to put it down because it was such a trigger. It would like trigger me and like I just, you know, I, I just I couldn't do it. But I put it down and like a year after after I got a year, like into my second year in recovery, I feel like my my higher power brought it back to me. And and I'm so grateful for that because it it does take up a lot of my time. I love that you mentioned uh, mixed martial arts. I am a three-stripe blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I train jiu-jitsu um, 6 a.m., five days a week. I am a 2-0 amateur Muay Thai kickboxer. Um, I've been in the cage a few times and the ring. I teach Muay Thai kickboxing Monday, Tuesdays, and Thursdays, and I love it. I love I love mixed martial arts so much. It's been a passion of mine for a really, really long time. It got take it or it got pushed to the side when my when my addiction got really, really bad. But I'm also really grateful that my higher power brought that back to me and all the work that I've done on myself has put me in a position to to be able to use use it to move trauma and move energy and to do all these wonderful things and not only that but like to be an example of what like a drug-free life is in front of other people which is awesome so I commend you for just at least giving it a shot like it's hard it's just like it's just like a recovery meeting the first the first getting through the door is the hardest thing you can do I mean walk like I mean it, it sounds so like it sounds so simple, right? It's like, oh, I'm just going to go try a Brazilian jiu-jitsu class. It's not that simple. You have to deal with somebody laying on you and breathing on you and sweating on you. And like, like it, when you're not ready for that, it it sucks. It's hard, you know? But um, I love it. I love it. I, I am... <laughs> Brazilian jiu-jitsu is my favorite. I went and grappled for an hour this morning. It has doubled my character in my recovery for sure. So I'm excited to see where you go with that. I think for me, boredom looks at, like I was trying to think before, like boredom looks so much different when I first got clean to what it looks like now, right? Like I remember when I first got clean, I, it was just full of meetings, outpatient. I was mandated to do treatment. I was actually arrested. It was the largest drug bus in my state, in New York State. I had 37 co-defendants. So it was, I was mandated to do a lot of different things. But it was set up like that for all, you know, for a reason. And I needed all of it. And it kept me kind of busy. But I would literally make, you know, three meetings a day. 
I would go to my outpatient, just go to a diner or whatever, bowling with friends, whatever it had to be to to stay busy. But I also remember I would try to catch up on things that like I've been wanting to catch up on for so long because I wasted so much time to the point where I was like, I got to get a car. I got to get a job. I got to do this. I got to do that. And eventually I was overwhelming myself. Eventually I relapsed, right? So like once I got clean again, I mean, I have six years now, but I've, I've tried many times before to get clean. But this time around, I was like, you know what? Like I have to focus solely on my recovery, like the job, the car, the whatever will come. All that will come, like my recovery has to come first. But one cool thing I did was I always wanted to learn how to ride motorcycles. <laughs> and, nice. uh, so I was like, you know what? Like, why not? I I finally have the money. I finally like I could actually buy it because I have some money in my bank account. Not not negative something. So <laughs> I I bought it. I, I I took the class, had a ride, and everything. I bought all the you know the helmet, the the jacket, the shoes, <laughs> and uh, it, it's been fun. It's been so much fun. So. That's really, I love that you guys all have like, you've, you've worked up the courage to try something new, right? That's one of the hardest things to do. Like most of us have this list of things that we wanted to try or things we used to do when we were young that we just kind of let go because that's what addiction does to you. And to get back into it takes a lot of courage. Like, like Jason was saying, like that's vulnerable as hell to just try something you've never done that you're not good at that you don't know how to do and show up and and generally it involves classes or asking someone for help or to teach you how. And all of that, I think, takes a lot of vulnerability. I know, like Jason was saying, your kids are getting older. I'm in the same place. My oldest has moved out. My youngest is 16. So like my whole world has changed in the last couple of years. Like when I first got sober, both of them lived at home and I, I homeschool. So, I mean, my kids have been the center of my entire world and have taken up all of my time for the last 20 years. All of a sudden, they don't need me very much at all. And so, yeah, I'm like what I did in the very beginning of recovery is different than it is now because I have so much free time on my hands. It's not even funny. I do a lot of of creating things. I like art and, and craft and like I knit and I crochet and I sew vintage clothing and I do all of that stuff. I think it's interesting that I always felt like my best creative work happened like two drinks in, right? That was like like perfect for me. And then when I thought of not drinking anymore, I was like, but, but then I'm not going to be, be able to be creative anymore. It's all going to go away. I mean, that was terrifying to me. And I think for maybe like the first six months of recovery, I wasn't, I didn't feel as creative. Like it felt like it was gone. And that was scary because creating to me is like, it's my peace and it's such a huge part of my identity. What's cool is now my creativity has like skyrocketed. I am capable of so much more. And I come up with like so many cool ideas that I like, like I was limited by the drinking, right? It would peak at two drinks. And then I was just, I was useless after that. And I, I just like, like the creativity came back and multiplied like exponentially. And that's been really cool to experience. I know a lot of creatives and artists wor- worry about that. Because, you know, when you when you stop using or you stop drinking, you feel like you've lost it. And that's terrifying for somebody who really identifies with that part of themselves. But I just want to say for me, it's like it took a little bit. I had to really work through the first bit. But now it's like it's infinitely better and cooler than it ever was when I was was drinking at all. 
Yeah, I do. Um, I do. I went to school for art and graphic design. I mean, I have so many different school backgrounds. Right now, I work as a senior recovery peer, so I work in this field. But um, I went to school for art and graphic design. That's how I wanted to start that brand, um, Dear Recovery, with the shirts and all that. You know, one of them says, ask me about my recovery. Let's start a conversation. My story's not over yet. But yeah, back then, like I, I, when I was using, I thought like, oh, I'm so much more creative, right? And I could just think of all these ideas. And But now it's so much different. I, I could think clearly. So I, I definitely identify with that. It's crazy how what happens when you finally put down and stop using and Jason, you meant, you talked about like the loneliness and boredom and there was like an emptiness there. I lost my best friend because I had to say goodbye to the, my best friend who turned, <laughs> who very much turned on me. And so, okay, now, now what the hell do I do find new hobbies? Now, what do I like? It was so hard to like make my own decision kind of thing, pick something and then just, just commit to it and accept that I'm going to suck because I was already, I, I already didn't like being made fun of. And I thought if I sucked at something then I was going to get teased, you know what I mean? It was one of my things. Like I don't want to suck at anything. So just to start trying something, I picked up bread. I picked up making bread. That was, that was my thing. I started baking bread. It was one of the things that I always wanted to try and I, okay, I don't have to leave the house because I kind of hermited near the beginning. I just kept myself safe and it, it gave me something to do. And I got excessive with it because I was like, I can make one loaf. I can make 12. I never did make 12, but I did like make three loaves at the same, all different bread, right? I'm like, I'm in the kitchen. Here we go. But it was, it was trying something new or like I, I, I made a loaf that did not rise. It was flat and you know, it helped me realize what being like a failing wasn't that bad. It was okay. I, you know, it was a flat loaf of bread. I can make another one. I can try again. What went wrong? What went right? And, and really apply that. And I started to apply almost that same sort of logic to my recovery that the lessons I learned to learned when I was, I was baking the bread and trying something new. Even with trying something new, I'll try a different recipe, try a different flavor, try a different. So I could like relate baking back to recovery in a lot of different ways. And it actually helped me find clarity because what I'm doing, I think Gina, you mentioned something like that too. Like when you're doing the, the jujitsu and stuff like that, helping push you, you push through the recovery because when you're concentrating on stuff like that, I found I started getting ideas. Oh, I want to try this. Oh, I want to try that. And, and so it started opening my mind to more possibilities. Cause I, I think there's a, we all think boredom is a bad thing. I don't think boredom's a bad thing at all. Boredom is, is the door to trying something new. Boredom is the door to, to try something new. When I'm bored, that's where I am probably sometimes at my most creative because there's nothing else there. So now I get to choose. I don't have outside noise. I don't have all of the bombardment of the day or other people's requests or all of that. And so whatever comes from my boredom is authentically me. 
That's something that in, in homeschool circles, you'll hear a lot of parents talk about is that boredom begets creativity. Like, just go ahead and let your kids be bored, right? As homeschool parents, we just want to fill their time and fill their heads with all of this knowledge and and throw all these projects at them. Like, that's what most of us do, right? And there's that that distinct need for kids to be bored so they can learn about themselves and so they can get creative and so they can have adventures and they can try new things and and discover the world. I think as adults, we need all of that too. I couldn't agree more. I think the I think the conditioning that, you know, I experienced growing up is to always be doing something, to always be trying to fill that time and like um, I got I got clean right before the COVID shutdown, like just a couple of months before everything went 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 south and we were like all had to stay in our houses and all that. And then like I only had a little bit of time and I I remember like not knowing what to do with myself was a really, really hard thing. But at the same time, it was one of the most beautiful experiences that I was able to have because all I had was myself. I lived alone at that time. I wasn't in a relationship. I had a sponsor and I was working steps and I was really, really, you know, doing all these other things. But like they told me to stay home and to stay away from everybody. And I was like, well, where were you guys like a year ago when that's all I was doing? Like, why are you guys telling me to stay home and stay away from everybody now? Like, you know what I mean? Like, okay. But um, I just remember getting really, really deep into breath work in meditation and like self-seeking and like really really searching searching for who who I am and what matters to me and and you know the whole the whole like boredom thing it's it's an interesting topic the Tao Te Ching teaches us the art of not doing anything and I love that and I wish I could do more of that when you guys emailed this topic to me, I thought it was funny because I don't, I'm so busy right now. I don't even know what boredom is. Like I need boredom. I need to stop. Like I'm finishing up finals. I'm a full-time student over at Colorado Mesa University. And we, we just started fostering a 17 year old girl. So like my partner and I, we just got a kid and our whole life just went from Gina doing whatever she wants to do to Gina not doing whatever she wants to do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's a very interesting thing and and trying to like learn how to like slow down when I know that I'm going way too fast and it like way too fast. And I, that's like one of my things. Like I think it I think it's a trauma response or something like that. But like I'll pack my schedule full from like start to finish the whole day so that I don't have to sit and deal with myself. And then, you know, then I come to like moments like this morning where like after jujitsu, I came home and like, I just knew like, okay, nothing else on the schedule before the podcast. Like I just have to sit and breathe and meditate and stop for a minute because, because I don't do that enough and I'm running for myself, right? I'm running for myself. I'm running from, running from the, the hard things, you know, the hard feelings and stuff, but I got to turn and face them these days. I really do. Yeah, I really love what Gina and Steve and Julie all said. I was sitting here thinking about, you know, in this last few weeks of being bored, a little restless, irritable, discontent, lonely, all the things that come along with it. You know, I, I had the ability to go out and try to find things to fill my time, try something new, like I said, jujitsu. But what also was interesting, when I'm 
really busy, when I'm really full, when life's moving along, it's rare I'm pausing to like take a look at where my spiritual relationship is, where my mental health is. You know, I'm, it's rare I'm getting into the work. But all of a sudden, when I'm bored, feeling lonely, irritable, discontent, that willingness to try to dive deeper, to like Gina was saying, meditate, breathe, discover myself a little bit more. Like I've found myself picking up some of the tools that I, again, utilized when I first got sober. It's the same tools I utilize today, diving into some, you know, journaling, step work, you know, really taking a look at, you know, what's causing that? Why, why am I feeling discontent? Why am I feeling bored? You know, what's, where, where's the void in my life? That willingness typically doesn't come when everything's just rocking and rolling and I'm feeling good in my life. But all of a sudden when I start to feel bored, start to feel that Eeyore syndrome creep in. And if I lost my tail, but if I found it, I'd lose it again anyway. That that sort of feeling, yeah. like all of a sudden that willingness comes back to do some of the work. I don't find myself diving into the work when I'm completely spiritually fit and connected to the universe. But when all of a sudden I feel discontent or bored, that willingness comes back to dive in and start to do a little soul searching a little bit. You know what I found helps me? Um, I actually do acupuncture in the years, and it's been really helpful just to calm my mind and like quiet things down. Because like Gina was saying, I have so many things right now going on with everything, with work, with my page, with, with everything, um, that sometimes I need to quiet my mind. And um, what also works for me, the meditation as well, breath work. But have you guys ever heard of tapping? I've heard, heard of that. tapping. Yeah, I've never done it. Yes. it's. I started it, and it's been amazing. Like, I found all these pages on Instagram and stuff that, like, are just dedicated to that. It's been so helpful for me. No way. Yeah. I've heard of people that, that have said the same thing. I've never tried it. I've seen a couple of videos on Instagram, too. I've just never given it a try. I feel like I probably need to. Maybe this is a sign that I should give that a shot. <laughs> Well, I a civil service test and I was so anxious and I'm like, oh, I'm not going to remember anything because I'm just so anxious. And I started doing it in the car. And like within 15 minutes, I was like so much more calm. I'm like, this is so corny, but like I would have never tried this like, you know, a little while ago. Now all of a sudden, like I'm trying things. What? Like and they're actually working, but I'm at least giving them a try. Like normally I wouldn't even. Nah, th this is weird. <laughs> Julie, we get to try new things today. Right? I right. I'm kind of excited about it. Well, I mean, that's what boredom leads to, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. Boredom leads to trying new things. Like we get to the point where you finally stop and you're like, Ugh, okay. And then you take a breath and you're like, now what am I going to do? I have no freaking idea. And, you know, even stressed or whatever it is, like it gives you a chance to try something new and, and like the, the tapping, anxiety, and new tricks. When you said it sounds ridiculous or corny or cheesy or whatever it is, I was the same way with journaling. Guys don't journal. That was my message, right? Like that's the one I told myself. Guys don't journal. That's for that's for women. I was like, I I need to try something new because I want to do a little bit more self discovery. Uh, journaling is a huge key to self awareness, and I want to start overcoming some stuff that I don't know is stopping me yet. And the only way for me to figure that out is to journal, talk about it, talk about an issue that that 
that I'm that I'm having and and you know really find out where it's coming from because there's places that I want to go to that I don't even know exist yet but if I have to figure out what's stopping me even today where I am right now and that hasn't come without boredom literally hasn't come without boredom like what am I going to try and we get running around all the time and, and it's hard to find time and there's always time in the day to do something that's good for you always i was just sitting here thinking how boredom leads to willingness like yeah. you know that we talked briefly about the through the glass recovery meeting you guys host on monday nights you know i heard it i'm like oh that sounds really cool i want to go check that out more than likely i'll have all these things going on to where i won't make it but then all of a sudden when i get bored i'm like oh that was that meeting i really wanted to try i'm gonna I'm, i have the willingness to go try it out like there's a, a community called the Phoenix, which is nationwide. It's, you know, fitness and health and recovery. There's no requirement to be a member of it. You can just show up and do a CrossFit class or a jujitsu class or rock climbing. I remember like, oh, I would love to try that out sometime. They had one in a couple of the communities I live in. And, but all of a sudden that willingness isn't there until the boredom kicks in. And all of a sudden I'm willing to go try checking out this community or checking out you know, through the glass recovery meeting or, you know, the Hopeaholics does one on Wednesday nights, I think. And I jumped on theirs and I was like, oh my God, this is great. Like you get to discover all these things when you have that willingness. I feel totally called out right now because the Phoenix just opened up in Grand Junction. Like I, I want to say just, but it's it's maybe even been almost a year. Yeah. And I walk, it's in the mall, it's in a gym in the mall. And I walk by and I, I, I grabbed a brochure and I'm like, I'm going to do this someday i'm so afraid of crossfit it's not even funny but i'm like someday i'm gonna have the courage to try that and i haven't done it yet so now i feel really called out like i need to suck it up and go to a class <laughs> it's, a, it's a sign it's a sign right come down to junction and i'll go with you perfect i am on board i've done crossfit before it's not my it's not my calling but i'll definitely go take a class with you you have Super to not cool. be afraid to suck Oh, and I will suck. Yeah, right. I will suck. I mean, but that's like the beauty of it, right? right. Like, like I don't, I can't. That's like doing something new. I can't even think about anything else because I'm so like fixated on trying to do it right. Like it's a beautiful escape, you know. I like what you know what Jason was talking about, like the having the boredom that produces the willingness. But I have to be bored to have the willingness, and like I can really relate to that. That I mean. One of the beautiful things that sobriety has given me is consistency, like to keep pushing through, even though I don't want to, even though it sucks, even though like whatever, it has given me the foundation to real consistency in my life. And then, you know, finding something that I love and I latch onto it and doing it regardless if I want to or not, just to continue building the skill on that is like, it's beautiful. Whether I'm bored or not, I'm doing it, you know, and that's, that's what I love. That's what I love about, um, you know, 12 step work and recovery and all that, because it gives me something to really, really strive towards and to find, you know, to to find my purpose. I also wanted to say too, the tapping, the EFT tapping, that stuff is super cool. I'm always looking for different ways to like biohack and to feel better. I, I've been taking cold showers ever since ever since we uh, we got a kid. <laughs> I've been taking cold showers 
hardcore just sitting in there just letting it happen because it sucks so bad and uh <laughs> beautiful so i mean i just would like to recommend a cold shower it's a good reset it's a good way to good way to change things <laughs> no it's gina what's so funny is like i and I've, I've done this before with friends too when the anxiety the stress life whatever is on you whatever's but on me and i've just been really disconnected cold plunging almost washes it completely away mm -hmm. like you step out of a like i've gone and jumped in a river before when i've just really been feeling the feels and done one of those cold plunges and it's amazing what it how it resets your whole mental like where you're at mentally um so yeah i, I love cold plunges and you know using them for my physical health is great but also i've found when i've been really just in it uh it almost resets my mind too uh doing that and getting out of it and i just feel free again so it's almost like a mental uh biohack yeah it's term. it resets your nervous system yeah like the vagus nerve on the back of the on the back of the neck I would love to do more like complete cold plunges. So like, like I love that you do that. It's beautiful. For now, I just like I I know I don't want to, but it's weird. Like, like I don't want to, but now that I've gotten in the habit of doing it, like my body craves it. I can't wait to just sit there and just die for a minute. You know what I mean? <laughs> the shower, the showers are a lot harder. So you're a rock star. That's hard. <laughs> are they? Yeah, it's like slow. It's like you gotta you gotta get your body underneath it. With your cold plunging, you can just jump in and submerge, and you're over with. Like it's you're in it. But a showers, showers suck. So that's that's some that's 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 tough right there. Because you can literally just get out whenever you you just like that's it. I'm done. I can just you have the handle, the warm water handle, <laughs> right? It's right there in front of you, and you're staring at your way out. And you're like. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's Scout's honor, you know, <laughs> in recovery now, right? Yeah. So it's like, well, I'm here and I'm just going to do it now. <laughs> I so might funny. give it a try. I've been seeing the videos of the cold plunges and stuff, and I'm like, I would never have the guts to try that. And then I'm thinking, <laughs> maybe I'll start with the shower, but is it really harder or are you just... You know what? I think I think it's harder for me. I struggle with the shower. I've done this once and I, 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 I just, I put it, my tub i put the tap on the coldest water that come out of the tap and i just went in a cold tub and it you just just do that it doesn't have to be ice water just yeah. go in the cold tub and i sat I, I i sat in that for like 20 minutes it was not easy no shivering <laughs> shaking like and, and and i'm texting friends while i was in there right <laughs> taking pictures right i, I never did of that course. never did that but there are I, I have taken pictures of when i was in the tub like smiling right <laughs> but like it is you know the way out the way out is right there right and it's like just breathe through it breathe through what <laughs> right it's so true, though. I don't know. Like you put your I, so Steve and I have done a couple of cold plunges in the ocean when we've gotten together. Steve and I don't get to hang out together very often. He's in Canada. I'm in Colorado. Um, we're actually in the same house right now in Texas, but it doesn't happen a lot. So we um, we've done a couple of ocean plunges. We did one on New Year's Day 
in the Atlantic down in North Carolina. And then we did one just back in, what was it, October up at Prince Edward Island. And it's like, I don't want to go. And I'm like, no, I can't do this. Like, you know, you're freezing on the beach because it's already cold out. um, And you're thinking, I'm going to run into that. But you know what? Every time we've done it, it's like, and it is, I think it's like a rush of dopamine, right? I think that the science behind it is that it's like you're getting a rush of dopamine. I mean, we're all addicts, right? We freaking love dopamine. (laughs) Um, And you do, you like, I feel exhilarated and like it's a it's a rush of, of physical and mental energy i still have a really hard time doing it there's a lake here right right down the road where we're at in texas right now and we've talked a couple times about going and jumping in it and i got down to the dock yesterday and i was like no i can't do that <laughs> like, i can't see the bottom what happens if there's something in here that's gonna eat me where it's fresh water it's not like we're we're, we're gonna be all right but anyways so we're all gonna call. So we're all gonna call a plunge this weekend. This it way. almost yes. sounds like we need to go down to the lake and jump in it, and take up tapping and check out the phoenix. And like that's what this is all about. It's about discovery, right? It's about so. And the, the other thing I was gonna say is, I've always been a, a person with a thousand hobbies. I've always stayed really busy. A part of my my recovery thing has been recognizing how much I try to prove myself and prove my worth and get all of the external validation. And I would do that by doing a thousand different hobbies. And I had to like undo all of those. So many of those hobbies, those things I was doing, I didn't even really like them. People were just like, oh, you're so good at that. So I would keep doing it. And then I realized they're not even fulfilling. I'm just doing them because I'm good at them and people tell me how great I am for doing them. So to like let some of those go and then go figure out who I really am and what I really like and what really feel makes me feel good has been a huge part of this process. And I think in general, just discovering the stuff that's going to really fill your life is amazing. I am going to wrap this up now. This was an awesome conversation. And we talked about, Jason, you right at the beginning, you talked about trying something new. And we all talked about community in one way or another. And I find it really interesting because here we are having a conversation about boredom, which is community. We're having a community discussion right now. And because we're having this conversation, we all have new ideas and we've all shared experiences based on the things that we've tried that works for us and that doesn't work for us and that sort of thing. And because of that, now we have new ideas of things that we can do when we hit our boredom. So it's this amazing sharing experience of something new to try, or it was just neat to hear Jason talk about trying jujitsu. And then we have Gina in the same place who have never met. She's like, it's awesome. Right? Like, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) Stuff like that to me is just absolutely cool as hell. So trying new things, I think we need to remind ourselves that boredom is okay. Boredom is, is like that the window to being creative and trying something new for sure. And then I just love the, this conversation because like, I always seen boredom as like a negative thing. Right. And you guys like put so much like, like, no, it's a good thing. Like all these different ideas that now I have and like rediscovering different things. And, and I'm kind of looking forward to being bored. In a way, it's well, it's you are so used to being humans doing, not humans being. 
I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And we don't ever stop to give ourselves a chance to just be. And inside that being is the willingness to what? Try something new. Learn about ourselves. So I want to say thank you, Jason. Thank you, Gina. Thank you, Adriana, for your time today. It was awesome conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. To our listeners, thanks so much for spending your time with us today. Don't forget to rate and review through the Glass Recovery Podcast if you've enjoyed today's episode. And we'll see you next week for a conversation all about dealing with shame after you get sober.